Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the Event Tech Talk Show. It's been a couple of weeks since we did a live episode. Um, some of you may know, um, hopefully you attended um, our inaugural Event Tech Live US and Canada event. Really happy how that went. We had around 1,700 attendees, predominantly obviously from the US and Canada region, the North America region, uh, but actually from all over the world. I think we ended up on something like 37 different countries we saw attendees come to an Event Tech Live from. And all of that content is now available actually at eventtechlive.com. So if you go to eventtechlive.com, top of the website, there is a nice little menu item that says replay. Click on that. You can sort all of the content by event tech, event type and tech type. So if there's one particular area that you're really focused on at the moment, whether that be registration, hybrid events, virtual events still, ticketing, maybe it's revenue, maybe it's marketing, you can filter all of that content and hopefully find the stuff that's relevant to you. It's totally free to access. You can simply register um, with a username and password, gain access to that. And there's some really cool features as well around the platform coming out over the next couple of months, including groups, forum discussions, hopefully a network of people, individuals and thought leaders to help take your events with technology to the next level. So do go check out that. It's on eventtechlive.com. You can also find all the latest and back catalogue episodes of the Event Tech Talk show there as well in both audio and video format. So where does that leave us now? Well, that actually leaves us in the run-up to Event Tech Live London. It'll be back at the Old Truman Brewery as a five-day hybrid event, five days of digital engagement across the week and two physical days across Wednesday and Thursday. Um, looking to have around 3,500 attendees, hopefully about 2,500 of those back in the Old Truman Brewery across the two days, engaging with what is looking like it's going to be close to 100 exhibitors across physical and digital. Um, so registration will go live for that event in September, um, but you can actually pre-register for the event now and start networking with other potential attendees. If you go to LinkedIn and you search for Event Tech Live London, you'll see our event page there. You can pre-register, you can keep up to date with the event and start engaging with all of the other attendees as well. And that brings us on to today's episode. So at Event Tech Live US and Canada, we had our first startup competition for that region. And the winner of that competition was a company called Canopy. New event technology startup, although lots and lots of heritage in the event sector. And joining me today is Eleanor Martin, who is the co-founder. Eleanor, welcome to the Event Tech Talk Show. Hi, Adam. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. Thank you. Thank you for giving us the time. Um, Eleanor, you're here to talk a little bit about your background how you came to launch Canopy, maybe also what it's like to win your first startup competition, hopefully the first of, of many competitions <laughs> prizes you guys awards you guys will win. Um, but before we jump into all of that, can you just give us a little back, bit of a background on you and how you got started in the events industry, and then we'll kind of come on to how Canopy came to be. Yeah, of course, definitely. And congratulations on Event Tech Live US in Canada. It was amazing. I can I can be a testament to that as um, <laughs> as an attendee. Um, so, yeah, I'm one of um, 
one of four co-founders at Canopy, um, all of whom have um, got a, a very extensive um, kind of event experience. But um, me personally, I kind of came to the industry as an events organizer, um, kind of primarily working on large scale um, IT conferences. Um, I kind of came to the industry as an intern and then kind of worked my my way up from there. So my kind of first event that I ran was in Barcelona and um, I was, you know, stuffing badges and um, telling, <laughs> shutting doors when keynote presentations were going on. It was just like all hands on deck. So I think that kind of real life event experience um, has, has made a, a big difference in the way that um, we've all approached Canopy and, and the event technology that we run now. Um, my kind of experience with event software kind of came within that role where I was really focused on the events technology and events culture, um, the technology culture behind running events. Um, and it kind of spitballed from there really, where I kind of realized very early on how important technology was, not only for the way that events were run pre-COVID, but obviously now, of course, it's completely interlinked to the way that everybody runs events. So um, my kind of expertise kind of came in from there. Um, my kind of responsibilities and roles now in Canopy kind of sit within our customer success team. So I drive that department and work with our biggest customers and our biggest projects. And I think that's a really lucky position to be in because I kind of got a front row seat on understanding how so many different industries and so many different organizers um, are adapting, but also what they need and what, what the kind of the big gaps are in, in, in the way that they run events. That's amazing. So for me, it's always really exciting when a company or individuals that have experience on site at events launch any type of technology. To me, there's just no replacement for that experience of what actually happens on site or in the lead up to an event as well in terms of logistics, moving parts, speakers, changing, all of that kind of stuff. So no wonder that you won um, this place, <laughs> because everybody obviously clearly resonated with you in terms of like how you were bringing this technology to, to be when you when you were first started out kind of planning or, or I guess designing Canopy in its concept did you like have core principles did you have a clear vision like what was the process in you going from from a, a blank piece of paper to I guess what we're what we're seeing now as a, a fully fledged event platform yeah, so I think there were there were a few things that we were considering. I think the first thing was, obviously, what I think everyone was at is how can we replicate that in-person experience as much in the world of virtual, but not even virtual, because I think the inception of Canopy was was before the start of COVID, really. So we we had probably I shouldn't say, but it was brilliant timing in terms of kind of where we where we arrived. But um, we 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 kind of looked at all of the elements that drew out the the interaction at our in-person events that we were used to running so things like gamification and interaction around kind of content and sessions and the ease of booking meetings and just really looked about how we could kind of replicate that in a in a in a virtual experience um and obviously we very quickly realized like everybody else in the world that there are some things that can't you can't replicate at all which is obviously so unfortunate but um there are some things that you can do really well um and it's really nice to be able to use technology to support that um, but the other thing that was really important for us, which I think is now important to the whole industry, is the kind of the security behind our product and mm. like how important kind of 
data security and privacy and you know disaster recovery plans and kind of our software development life cycles all of those are really really important to the way that we run our product and we realized really early on that if this was going to be something scalable that needed to be kind of the foundation that we worked on so a lot of the work we did at the beginning was not only kind of thinking through the experience for like the organizer and the attendee but also thinking about what was the foundation technology wise of our product and how could that be kind of secure and scalable moving forward that's um so good to hear because from what i see from an organized perspective you know it's been what maybe 600 days or something now <laughs> tense focus on part of my french and for everybody watching let's just get shit done um, <laughs> and now the dust is settling a little bit people have got a little bit longer to think about virtual events hybrid events and and take a little bit more time to actually look at platform security and infrastructure and support and service level mm -hmm. agreements and all of those kinds of things accessibility and all that kind of stuff is really coming into the decision making process now from from what i can see i had a phone yeah. call from a an organizer friend who was like had a long list of security that mm -hmm. his customer needed boxes ticking in in order for them to be able to invest and and run the event on that platform very high level very um very important people that were going to be on on this event like how did you go about just figuring that out like from a security aspect what's important because i guess my opinion now would be that actually from a virtual side of things or from hybrid because let's be honest attendees are probably going to have access through a platform to both the virtual and physical side of a hybrid mm -hmm. event we're going to become quite big targets i would imagine from people trying to access sensitive information um or even just rip your attendee list off to hawk it out and sell it to, yeah. to whoever mm -hmm. how did you go about trying to decide what's what's important from a security aspect yeah i mean it was a journey for sure i think <laughs> figuring it all out it was um incredible to realize kind of what what the risks were and also what were important to people as well um but I think there's always been, especially in large corporations, there's always been a little bit of snobbery towards events people and to events and the way that um, the, the way that they're run. And I think there's always been that kind of emphasis on it being you're a party planner or you are, mm. um, you know, and it's and it's so untrue um, because, I mean, anyone that knows what it's like to run an event and just knows how incredibly complex and, and hard it is. But um I think the logistical heroes is the title that I would love it. Anybody who organizes events. Yeah. And give them a crown and a cape any day. Um, <laughs> for, for sure. <laughs> um, but we, I, I think it, it became really clear in the last year to everybody that events are for so many companies. It's like your, your, the way you communicate with your customers, it's the way you communicate with your, um, your user base. And it's kind of like your, your impression and your impact to the world. And I think as part of that, the, the security and the IT teams also started switching on that this was kind of a goldmine for the way that that they engage with their attendees. So, I mean, I personally love that transition because it's it's so amazing that people are like, yes, this is how we this is how we reach people. And this it's got such importance to, to so many. Um, but I think the most the, the way we kind of tackled the security element was was first of all, we we hired people who had expertise in there. I think that was one of the, the, the first and most important things that we did. Um, but we also kind of put a lot of emphasis into the foundation of how we run. So we kind of split it into like okay. privacy and data. And obviously that's hugely important for events because you've got people's personal data, no matter 
what information you collect you've got their name you've got their email address most likely um so that that needed to be a standpoint then we kind of split it into um i guess infrastructure and um it security and um the processes around that and then it kind of moved on to um like our software development and kind of how we built security into the way that we built our product um and so from those kind of three standpoints we were able to kind of trickle down the way the way that we ran um and i think because we cottoned on quite early that it was very important and we're now in a really fortunate position that it is kind of built into everything that we do i think it's much harder when you're starting from from kind of an established infrastructure because um you're kind of having to, to weave it in and build it in um but exactly like you said i think probably nine times out of ten now our customers ask for our privacy statement our security statement they have a questionnaire they have a huge tick box of things that we need to do so it does have a commercial impact on on the way that we run our business definitely and I'm sure sure for you and for many others as well so um it was definitely looking back one of the hardest things that we did but definitely the most beneficial for sure yeah I, it's so good to see I guess a startup like yourself take those core principles and understand the value of that because I see so many come into the industry hungry to serve the entire market want mm-hmm. to deal with large corporates large organizations the big trade show and uh, exhibition organizers and things like that and then stumble at those first hurdles of like it doesn't matter how good your platform is if you can't deliver this this and these assurances to us we can't work with you mm-hmm. um, i've got a good friend abby cannons works at read exhibitions and she says it can take sometimes a year or more for somebody to go from introduction to actually deploying technology on an event because of the things that they need to go through with a company in order to make mm-hmm. sure and and funnily enough gdpr and data privacy and security are the the kind of the three main things where people really struggle with um, to get into those kind of organizations so it's it's great to see that a startup like yourself has taken those core principles and built them in right from the start yeah we had to <laughs> for sure I'd, I'd just like to ask you a, uh, maybe a question or just your opinion from the other side of the, of the fence so so organizers is one side of it right you've, you've got the organizers happy or the or the security checkbox are ticked you're through the gate attendees are now becoming extremely sensitive to how their information is even processed you know we've seen Mm -hmm. apple massively change the way that apps can track data it now asks you you know do you want this app to be able to track here and i think the initial impulse is to just go no i don't i don't know why but i just don't want it to track me just it's that it's that inherent thing isn't it yeah do you think that we'll see some pushback or or even some of those we'll need to have some visibility on security and and how data is processed from an attendee point of view as part of that sign-up process do you, do you envisage a day when that'll happen yeah it's such a good question i think i think we will and i think we've seen definitely a shift from even six months ago to now the attendees are reacting more positively to personalized experiences right i think at the beginning of the pandemic especially with virtual it was it was all about getting your brand out there how are we communicating with people like can we actually run an experience that works it was all you know it was just so new to everybody but now i think you don't have a lot of people's time and they they want they want something that's personalized for them whether that be content whether that be the people they're meeting whether it be you know the brands that they're seeing while when they come into an experience and so i think that i think attendees need to a little bit kind of give their opt-in to that if they want to have a valuable experience because 
um, that personalization is obviously linked to the information that you you, you kind of give when you when you register for, for an event um, but hand in hand with that of course there needs to be transparency um, and I think organizers are definitely going to have to kind of face a uh, an obstacle of okay we are running a networking event but 30% of our audience have opted out of networking or we are running an exhibitor event but people don't want to share their contact information so it's definitely going to be like a, a huge push and pull um, but transparency is key I think at the end of the day if you're open with the way that you're using someone's data if you're open with the way that um, it's being used for the events it's being shared it's being stored then I think people are much more willing to um, kind of opt into that um, because they understand how it's being used yeah I think I think like you say it's also showcasing the value of mm -hmm. why that visibility or why that data is is shared um, and I think as an event organizer working with platforms like yourself there's, there's much more flexibility over what can be displayed and e explained than say something like you're using some LinkedIn technology and they just go, they might be able to do this, 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 and this. And it's just a long list of scary things on a, you know, they might be able to post to your timeline and everybody's like, whoa, I don't want anybody to post my timeline <laughs> yeah. apart from me. Whereas we, I, I, I guess, just drawing on our experience, the, the approach that we took, and, and we, and in all honesty, we probably got this not wrong, but we didn't get it as right as it could have been in, a, in the mm -hmm. Event Tech Live in November. We understood people might want to essentially be anonymous to a degree. Um, you can essentially, apart from you know providing your name and email to an organizer, attend most events anonymously. You don't have to engage with exhibitors. You don't have to have your badge scanned. You can even put your badge away. So you have some level of anonymity at physical events if you want it. Um, and we all know the big buyers kind of love that, especially because they can walk around a trade show with, with, without being kind of tapped on the shoulder. Mm. Um, but on an online event within a platform, it's much more visible, isn't it? Like, like the attendee list is there. Mm -hmm. And on our first event, we gave people to choose anonymity as a choice. And quite a lot of people chose that. Second time around for the US event, we said, hey, you can choose to be anonymous but you lose all of these great benefits and you 100%. can't do this, this and this. And, yeah. all of, and we had like four people and I think of those four people, three of them had selected it by accident. They openly because <laughs> we checked with them. Um, oh, that's so a win think, though, Adam. Yeah, so, yeah. so you're right. It's just showing the value and, and kind of saying, hey, listen, you know, you can come to the event, but if you, if you choose to be totally anonymous, you, you're going to, you know, you might not like, if you choose for your contact details to be private, if uh, you want a speaker to be able to contact you, it's not going to be able to happen kind of scenario, right? So engagement then, because you, you mentioned that in your introduction, that engagement mm -hmm. was, a, was a key part. And I'm a bit conflicted about engagement when it comes to virtual events. We'll talk about virtual mm -hmm. events to start off with. Yeah, yeah, go for it. So, and I have sponsors that do Q&A and polling and chats and all that kind of stuff. So I'm going to keep them happy and saying that in the right circumstances, it's very, very valuable. It's a they, they are great engagement tools. But I wonder if we focus a little bit too much on engagement from there must be loads of questions. There's got to be lots of chat and there's got to be all this interaction between attendees when kind of engaging with virtual events from a content mm -hmm. perspective, because otherwise it's not they're not they're not engaged because they're not they're not actively engaging i'm of the opinion that although while that's a good indicator that people are having a good time and the content is relevant it's not always necessarily the case people sometimes are quite happy to watch something and actually never ask a mm -hmm. question 
we, we had sessions at Event Tech Live that had hundreds of attendees and not a single question was asked. So what's your opinion on that? You, you've built Canopy with engagement in mind. Is For you, is that a core principle? Should we be striving for lots of questions, chat and engagement? Or how do you think I'm right? And I'm not putting words into your mouth, but do you think I'm right in saying that we might be overanalyzing the engagement side of things at the moment? Yeah, I think I, I'm, I'm the same as you because I... I, I know that it's also important for some organizers to have that. So I don't want to, I don't want to kind of <laughs> say that it's, it's pointless because it's not, because it, it really, it really does it's add value. To, yeah, exactly. It, it really, really does add value to so, to so much. But I think for us, engagement also links to the, the, the numbers of people that are watching, the number of people that have logged in, the number of people that have chosen to, um, you know, click on a piece of content or, um, you know, actually update their profile picture that's a sign that they they're engaged they want to to meet with people so it's not necessarily about the engagement that's kind of in your face we've asked a question we've answered a poll it's also about what's the kind of the the activeness of 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 the event experience because and also like the value of the people that are are being active i think you know we've we've some of our most successful events we've run they've said you know we're targeting 2000 people 500 people have turned up which you think on the surface like oh my goodness that's 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 not good that's kind of a, a really small percentage of your number but those 500 were the most important customers and so and they they were all active and engaged <laughs> um and so that that makes a huge difference so i think it's how do we define engagement as well yeah. um and um, and where does that sit i think with some events where you've got i mean we've run like christmas parties and birthday parties and things like that and you think yeah that obviously <laughs> you know one event that we ran before christmas they had um an ugly Christmas jumper competition. And like, I loved that kind of engagement. I think that's brilliant. I'm like, yeah, like th this is where it works really well. And I think for like some things it's incredible. Like it brings people together for others. You've got, you know, big corporations that are preceding 20 questions and none of them are actually coming from their audience. So you're like, oh, this isn't, this isn't actually working. Um, so it, I think it depends on the type of event and the type of, the type of customer as well. Yeah, I I, yeah. I I love the Christmas jumper. We, we a, <laughs> um, it's not going to be a secret after this. Oh um, no, <laughs> we have a bit of a secret theme going at Event Tech Live, where certain close friends and network who are speakers will turn up with random hats on for their session. Oh, I love it. So we kind of have that, <laughs> and every so often we'll get a we'll get a clip of it, we'll get a screenshot, and we'll share it, and somebody will have just like a crazy yellow hat on. There was a lady that started it off called Dahlia Algazar, who you probably are aware of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just one of those things that have, and, and now it just makes us chuckle, but I think it also makes attendees go, "What? Why are they wearing like?" <laughs> <a hat?" laughs> um, but yeah, it's. I think we need to focus on satisfaction, right? Mm -hmm. and, and like you said, we often you know, 2,000 to 500 would seem like some people will put that down as unsuccessful. Um, but it's about having the right people mm -hmm. in the venue, essentially, isn't it? Because you would never, you know, a trade, trade shows generally have a, a roughly a 40, 50% attrition rate from people that register to actually turning up. So that means that 50% of those people couldn't make it for whatever reason on that day. Yeah. I think on demand also plays into that as well of extending mm -hmm. the lifespan of the content and giving place for people for, to be able to come back to it. So it's about the right people turning up. Like you said, isn't it? that 500, if they're the right people and they're walking away happy, then you've delivered a good event, whether they've asked a question or sent a chat message or, or, or not. 
think mm. the difficulty is is around trade shows and how we just make sure that that value is there because ultimately there's sponsors there's people that want to engage with those buyers and i think that still needs a bit of work from everybody involved to kind of yeah. figure out how does this work um logistically keeping everybody happy and, and financially as well yeah so i'm gonna my next question for you as a startup because you're coming into the game fresh faced from i guess a technology perspective but with lots of experience on the event side mm-hmm. what do you think hybrid's going to look like because lots of people have different ideas about this and don't, Eleanor, don't worry about the dog we're all pet- sorry i was about to say don't, he's like a tiny sausage dog he sounds like a wolf so i apologize you might, you might have to get him on now <laughs> start with the show what does hybrid look like to you yeah of course so Hybrid, the buzzword, <laughs> um, but it's not really, is it? I mean, it's the, it's going to it's going to be the future. So I think f- for us, we're like you say, we're we're really lucky because we have we have that experience of what it's like to run to run in person events, and and so our technology has kind of already got a lot of that in place already. But I think for for us, the most important thing about hybrid is that your audience have one experience so whether they're at home watching on their desktop or they're in person engaging with people you still want one event experience because otherwise it becomes a nightmare for organizers to have to run two two parallel events that's mm-hmm. I mean it's hard enough running one already let alone adding adding something else into the mix so um f- for us it's about things like when you are you know you know accessing an event on an app you can see the location of where the the presentation is taking place but when you're watching at home you can see the live stream of it instead or you know when you are registering for the event you get asked what time you're arriving and whether you want to book your hotel room or you get asked what what day works best for you to view so it's it's just about kind of creating different experiences within within the same kind of standpoint um and i think it will be nice for people to you know, when they're attending events, still be able to meet with the people that are virtual or be able to meet with the people that there. There's no need to, to separate that at all. And and obviously some things will be separate and it's important that you can facilitate that. But it's also nice that kind of coming back to that engagement uh, point, you know, if you are doing a live Q&A, it's great to be getting questions from people that are in the room, but also at home. Um, it should be, be kind of open for everybody. So I think the, the biggest thing that we're driving is, it's, it's less about the technology because we've already got it. We were lucky enough that we kind of had that standpoint. It's more about the culture of what hybrid is and kind of bringing that that kind of one holistic experience into into organizers' minds. Yeah, I think from what what I gleaned from what you said there was choice and accessibility, mm-hmm. a choice of how to do it and and just make it accessible. For yeah, everybody. I know there's lots of different ideas of what hybrid might look like. Whether it's <clears throat> excuse me, you know digital before physical physical following digital like a sequential kind of series of, of mm-hmm. you know that the, these two days are digital then you have the physical event and then you have the digital but then you know a really interesting question the other day was brought up like well can you arguably accessible if you have like let's say three stages of content at a physical event and and none or only some of that is available to people from a digital perspective um, I think there's still some fear there from some organisers about audience attrition, especially mm-hmm. at the moment as we kind of transition back to physical events as well. Um, so I don't think there's one right answer myself. No. Um, again, I think 
as an industry, we might be trying to overanalyze it because the platforms are there now. Um, we have the ability to stream the content. If you're using, I would imagine, am, am I right in saying Canopy has some form of kind of second screen mobile app device, you know, iPhone, it does. Uh, tablets, yeah, all that yeah, kind yeah. of stuff. So most people are going to be carrying that technology with them exactly. around a physical event as, anyway. Um, I actually, I think we should actually let the audience decide personally. Like for, first and foremost, I think it would be a great idea for most organizers to take that to take that chance on their audience and going, hey, how do you want this event to be structured? Like, do you want it all at the same time or do you want it one after the other and all that kind of stuff? Especially if they're paying for it. Like if they're paying <laughs> for a ticket for something, give them the chance. Yeah. Um, and like you said, from a, you know, from a how people interact, the technology is already there. So, you know, people should be able to choose if they want a physical to remote appointment or a remote to remote appointment or a, or a physical to physical and mm. then if if you were to if you though i'm going to put you on the spot though now if you were to de be designing your own event tomorrow which you might be doing for all i know but if you were designing the canopy event like what would be your perfect length structure and format i'm going to, I'm going to stick Oof. with the, uh, Hy uh, hybrid event hybrid event yeah so i am in camp combined experience so <laughs> like virtual and all physical at all at once yeah which okay. is obviously difficult if you're running a global event because mm -hmm. you've got to like navigate different time zones and things like that but i like the idea of it being like a two-day event um giving the people that are on site some really cool fun experiences like you know activities and dinners and all those kind of things are obviously going to be only open for them but i like the idea of if there's sessions going on if there's discussions going on that you could have three or four people sitting in a room talking about it and then like 12 more online like kind of coming in and chatting too and it kind of all being together um so that's my that's my my plan that it's it's all as one um because i think when we're it's we're going to struggle i think for a while to get the people that need to be in a room together in a room together so i think it's i think you need to kind of have to combine some elements of it and i don't know like you say is that before and after how do we kind of navigate that kind of experience but there's going to be you know people's comfortability the the, mm -hmm. the need to travel whether they can travel all of these things are going to are going to play into it so and it's always going to be last minute as it always with it is with events so there might be some people that are going to have to cancel right before they're meant to travel and things like that so um you need to have flexibility and i think it's nice that that you could you could bring everybody together even even if it's slightly separate like for some things um so that's my my vision for it <laughs> i like i like the physical side of your events i think that's one thing we will have to we'll have to as organizers to really emphasize and play into which is the bit of the fear of missing out like you can't mm -hmm. you know you, it's it's not an option because we can't make these virtual options you can't share a drink with somebody at a bar you can't have dinner with 12 ceos or 12 thought leaders or whatever it might be you can't play golf you can't you know go for a for a jacuzzi and a swim uh, after the first day of the the event or anything like that i think those activities i think making our events destinations and, and experiences and focusing on human connection is is what's really valuable and here maybe also we might get to a point where we can do the vast majority of 
the content in a digital format learning but then just focus on bringing people together which i think mm-hmm. is the real core value of, of most events is bringing people together bringing them round tables getting them connected getting making friends making business connections all that kind of stuff yeah and often more than not in my opinion at events that happens outside of the the, the main sessions or, or the the you know what's on the main stage it, it happens in the aisles it happens at the bar afterwards it happens around the corner at the hotel that two people are just stopping at and that kind of stuff so I want to ask you a little bit about your experience of the startup competition Mm -hmm. be remiss of me not to give my own event a plug right at the end (laughs) (laughs) what was the experience like for you of 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 going through the startup competition and by all means give me some feedback as well if you think there are things that we could improve on it (laughs) but like what what was the experience and and what does it actually mean for you um as as a startup do you think um, so the experience was incredible. So kudos to you and the team. I think you did you did just an absolutely brilliant job with it. Um, for us, I think it was it was the validation of hard work. I mean, we've been you know all hands on deck for the last year, especially. And it's I think when you're working with a with a company and probably the, the faces of, of Canopy, you know you see you see similar faces every time. But there's a huge team behind that that people don't see, especially with software. Right. There's, you know, that's that's the core of our product. Those are the people that are Canopy. And it was, I think, validation of all that hard work. Um, and it's really nice. I think especially in a region that is is new to us. We hadn't, you know, you haven't done this event before. We we kind of obviously hadn't attended the event before. Mm-hmm. Um, it was incredible to to kind of open with a bang, really. And um it was it was great to talk about our experiences of of running technology, especially as as kind of female co-founders and what that was like kind of being in the software world as as women, but also um, to learn about other technology and the way that other people have grown and changed their business because we're all learning from each other, right? And we're all kind of getting so, so many ideas and bouncing off each other. And that was yeah. incredible as well. So just the whole experience was amazing. And we just were on cloud nine afterwards. So it was, yeah, really, really brilliant. Well, congratulations to you again, because um, I must admit that, I, that from what I saw, there was some really tough competition. Um, VII events came back again as one of the final three finalists. Yeah. So they, they were really strong. The Twig team, I think, came at something from proper left field at the moment, which is nothing to do with virtual events. It's more mm-hmm. to do with like registration and, and changing the way that that's gone. So I think, if I'm honest, I think you had some really hard competition um so you 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 won very much off your own merit in in that sense so congratulations to that and i hope to see you you know maybe enter the uk one will you come back for, for the yeah. uk one you can we absolutely definitely will yeah yeah, yeah we'll be there that. one final question then for you eleanor mm-hmm. the event tech talk show is watched by event technology suppliers and many startups as well What's your one piece of advice having spent the, you know, probably one of the toughest periods actually launching an event technology, um, having your own experience of events and, and maybe having a, uh, an experience like the startup competition? What do you, what's your one piece of advice to any startup out there thinking of either launching into the event sector or on those first foot kind of couple of steps? Yeah, um... I think the the only piece of advice I can give is just to take the risk. Um, I think we, it's always hard starting up, um, but 
you have to take the risk and you have to go for things. And I think that in this events community, because we are a community, I think mm. people are willing to learn new things and they're willing to try new things out. And that's a really nice space to go into. Um, and some things won't work, like the amount of times we failed, um, you know, but they've, because we failed, brought our biggest successes. And it's always been because we've taken a risk. So that will that would be my, my biggest piece of advice, especially at the moment. Um, yeah, for sure. Awesome. Great advice. Great advice. On that note, after we close the show, I will be inviting you to the Event Tech Founders Forum, which is my network of event tech founders, as it's Amazing. the name. You can, you can tell that <laughs> at the News and Event Tech Live, we spend huge amounts of time figuring out mm-hmm. what we were actually going to call something. <laughs> um, but yeah, we, it, you're absolutely right. It's absolutely a community. And I say this to many people that they kind of don't have a full picture or understanding of what the events industry is, because events are like, you know, there's thousands of events every single day, right, on a normal kind of event year. But actually, the organizations, the individuals and the suppliers that make it tick is actually quite a small sector, in my opinion, for what it, for what it achieves. For, yeah, yeah, for what it achieves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely right. Well, Eleanor, thank you very much for coming on today's show. Before we finish, where can people connect with you and where can they check out Canopy or even test drive it or set up a demo with you or whatever they want to do? Where's the best? Yeah, place to go? of course. Thank you, Adam. So if you go to our website, canopy.com, that's the kind of the best, the best place to find us. We've got a free service so you can run an unlimited number of events for up to 125 people. So if you're kind of wanting to take that step, the, the Zoom Plus, or you kind of want to try something new, come and try out our free service, get in contact with us. Um, we can show you what it does and, and we can help you run your events. Awesome. Thank you for coming on today. Everybody that's tuned in today, thank you for checking out this episode of the Event Tech Talk Show. Please do check out our back catalogue, send us your comments, tweet us, hashtag us, go and connect up with Eleanor and we'll see you in the next one.